0: This
1: is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action, and you
0: are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio.
1: And on tunein.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio.
2: Welcome to Ask Sarah with Sarah Wiseman, where you'll learn to awaken your divine intuition and open your human heart. Sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh and learn. Here's Sarah. Shout. everyone, and welcome to Ask Sarah with Sarah Wiseman. Today we are at the beautiful, lovely, marvelous uh, day, July 19th, 2013, and as a lot of you guys know who follow astrology, we're sort of in this grand trine, and I don't, I don't profess to be an expert, as you guys all know, but I do know that the magic of this particular um, astrological event. Is pretty superb, and a lot of you are feeling it. And just, I guess the sense would be there's almost like a sense of sparkliness to the energy today. It's a there's a sense of bliss. Like, if you go right now and sort of pay attention to how you feel, sort of at the top of your forehead, you might notice that it's getting pretty elevated. You might notice that you're starting to smile and just feel ah, kind of like you've just lifted off into another vibrational level, which is, of course, uh, what you have just done. And part of this is about this astrological event that we're in the middle of. Um, You know, sometimes we get these big things happening with the planets, you know, where it's dramatic and Mercury retrograde, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes we get these beautiful um Senses of expansion and magic and miracles. And that, my friends, is where we are today. So enjoy your day and don't hesitate to put in motion right now all the things that you've been dreaming of in your heart and your soul's true longing. Now is the time. Don't hesitate if you have a fantastic idea or something you want to do like Now move flow is happening. One of the biggest flow times that we've had for a long time. I know yesterday morning, which was also part of this amazing energy that we're experiencing now. I woke up and I woke up at 4am, which for me is pretty unheard of and, uh, just got up as as if possessed and wrote for probably four hours solid, wrote uh, a huge piece, um, did not even know what I was writing. It wasn't exactly channeling. It was me, but this is the type of and then you know did some things with it, sent it off to some people. But um, this is the kind of energy that is available to us right now, especially today. So enjoy it and enter it and use it. Um, we are taking live callers. eight seven seven two three zero three zero six two Eight seven seven two three zero three zero six two, And today we begin our journey. We're going to do, I believe it's a seven-week journey. And we are focusing on all the ideas and things that I am talking about in my new book, Intuition, Cancer, and Miracles, which you can get on Amazon. And you can also get the audio course version on my website, com. But we are taking the next seven weeks to explore a lot of these really tremendous ways that we heal. We heal emotionally, we heal spiritually, we heal with uh, nutritional aspects, we heal with energy um, healing, we heal with music, we heal with vibration, and we heal with just kind of the way that our consciousness opens into the possibility of having healing become a reality. And a lot of this we talk about manifesting as um not something that's outside you or not something that you have to create, but something that already exists. And you just have to open yourself to the frequency of that awareness in order to have that longing or that desire happen. And with healing, um, we're going to be talking a lot about this idea of of how the energy is available for healing at all times in ways far outside the realms of traditional medicine um, and uh, even alternative medicine. So today I am so happy to have on the show um, a wonderful, wonderful guest, Amy Cami, And she is a cancer survivor and a um, healing harpist. And she has delved deeply into the studies of vibrational healing and sound therapy and done her own journey and uh, there is so much here actually um i think i could probably do 5 shows with her be- <laughs> so anyway amy welcome to the show and i'm so happy to have you have you on today
1: oh thank you
2: yeah well so we met uh i i think we met on Facebook or Twitter or something, something like that. <laughs> the universe kind of dropping us into each other's uh, laps a little while ago, um, but you've had some really truly amazing experiences with your own healing, and I wanted to just kind of open up the discussion. If you could just tell us a t- tiny little bit about sort of your. Um, Cancer experience, and um, not going into too much detail, but just kind of what happened, when, and then we're going to talk about how you've how you've created some healing modalities using music and vibration.
1: Um, well, can we back up just a tad before my diagnosis? Because <laughs> it's really miraculous. The music, um, like you said, I'm a harpist. I've been playing for over 38 years, and classically trained. But I kind of fell into the healing realm of it um, when, when actually, family friends had cancer. So cancer has been like the theme in my world, um, and so I guess about ten years ago, I was awakening my own inner music, recorded a CD with no specific intention at all. We. One thing led to another, and we ended up researching that CD with cancer patients who were going through chemotherapy, and we showed that this particular um, CD is called the Magic Mirror, actually increased neurological functioning in 10 days. Mm -hmm. And then we did some saliva sample pilot study, um, which showed it had a sustained impact on immune system biomarkers for up to 72 hours after listening to it once. So we had this research and that opened the door for me to start talking and doing presentations into the hospital community. Mm-hmm. So I was making I was making contacts everywhere. I was doing presentations for breast cancer support groups, for hospitals, for nurses, volunteers. And then in December 2010, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And everyone was, "Oh my gosh, Amy." But on a very deep soul level, I knew that it was part of my soul's journey because my dream has always been to gift the music to newly diagnosed cancer patients. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did the, um, I had a lumpectomy. It was stage two breast cancer. Oh, excuse me, it was another phone. Um, nope. And <laughs> it's life, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so my first surgery, I had a lumpectomy, 11 lymph nodes. Removed. Stage two, I had six months of chemotherapy and I had 33 radiation treatments. Mm. Uh, um, and I combined my healing modalities with the traditional. And mm-hmm. then last, just this past December, I was re diagnosed. Um, I actually found the lump, it was on the same breast, and nobody was worried about it, but we did a biopsy anyway. And it was the same kind of cancer. It was estrogen, you know, mm-hmm. fed by est- estrogen. So I had a mastectomy and full hysterectomy plus the ovaries removed, and um, in January. So, yeah. I've, <laughs> yeah. I'm doing great.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that was so. Both of those in December, and when in the 2012 diagnosis was that around the solstice, or was that? I-
1: Yes, yes. I do all of my annual checkups around the winter solstice, number one, because it's my birthday, December 16th, and it's mm-hmm. like my birthday present to me. It's like my self-love mm-hmm. take care of myself, but also because the energy of the solstice, we follow the seasonal cycle, um, my husband and I, and so that's mm-hmm. the deepest, darkest, most yeah. open space for that yeah. that really deep healing.
2: That's so interesting. Well, I just, you know, if, if we look at cancer and even surgeries, which are not my favorite, as you probably know. If you, if you look at all that as, um, you know, as an experience rather than a tragedy. If you look at everything as experience, um, it's it's just interesting that, that that big, big, big experience came to you, you know, at the time of the shift, which was when everybody was going through um you know, all their stuff last year and, and coming into opening this year. So it's just interesting. I mean, not everybody had surgeries in December, last December, or not everybody had cancer, but, um, over and over I hear, you know, this was when the big thing uh took place and m- helped people move to different levels of consciousness and awareness, which is, yeah. Now you talk about, I know in your book, um, uh Amy has a wonderful book. You can find it on her website amycammy.com and it is so packed with information about sound healing and the um the studies you did on the um EEG brainwave with the harp, the data that's there, you know, backing up all of this sound healing theory with actual science, which those of us who believe in sound healing already and have seen the results don't need the science <laughs> but but <Right>, those, right. <laughs> those who uh, aren't so sure like are really helped by the science so the more we get this information out there the better but anyway you can find her book on her website amycammy.com but there's you talk about your husband as having um well he's sort of like a very strong it's so clear that you're soul-mated and doing this grand work together in this lifetime. Um, But he began to have a lot of spiritual um, receivings. And this was the part that you're also helping. I mean, I'm not sure what he does in terms of his own bringing this into the world. Um, I'm not aware of that. But um, you began to also incorporate what he was receiving. So the two of you together have become this force for healing tell me a little bit about you know the work that he started to do and how that helped you like by knowing him how that allowed you to create this healing for yourself Um,
1: well and I'll just say on my website there is a lot of more information because the system is a pretty large system and there's a video of him explaining how he was given this information Um, it's called the origins process And basically in the 80s, when a lot of people were just opening up, um, he was going through a a major time in his life, and he just cried to the heavens, you know, please (laughs) help me. And he basically was just downloaded, his guides came in, they took him to these different amazing places um, interdimensionally, and they showed him this very specific ceremony called the Ceremony of Light um, that literally manifested light from sound, mm-hmm. and um, it was a big amphitheater, and he described it on a video, so I won't go into the details here, mm-hmm. but you can watch the video on the site. And in this matrix of energy, his guide turned to him and said, remember this very mm-hmm. sternly, remember this. So he got up and, and he just channeled all of the different messages. The it was He was like the gentleman in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, you know, who's frantically mm-hmm. drawing pictures. <laughs> he mm-hmm. was obsessed with these triangles, trying to get these images, these stars, these patterns all together. And so for the last 25 years, we have been manifesting this system of self-discovery. And mm-hmm. I'm I call myself the scribe. You know, he'll get up in the morning and, and I'll write out what he's just channeling through. And we've created these physical, they look like glass mandala discs that um, we put together, and they literally show us the balance of our physical, emotional, our mental, how our past influences our current situation and influences our actions, how our beliefs balance our perception and awaken our compassion to align us with our purpose. So it's a fabulous system of self-discovery that I've been living, literally, Mm -hmm. for 25 years. So when I was diagnosed, um, you know, on my personal body level and the vibrational awareness aspect is like, okay, this is part of my journey. Mm-hmm. On a collective consciousness level, because I had been in the cancer world for so long, actually planting these seeds that a lot of times the language that's used in the cancer community is very fear-based. Oh, yeah. And Mm -hmm. and and the fight, and so I knew my choice was going to be to live it from a place of love, Mm -hmm. because it was my chance to start receiving love for myself, and then from this larger universal perspective, I knew it was part of this shift. I knew it was a a cellular realignment, an awakening of old patterns, of old memories—not just from my life, but from my whole lineage. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So having those
1: different perspectives helped a lot.
2: Yeah, in fact I would almost the words I would use, because sometimes our meaning is the same but the languaging's a little different, is it's like a karmic retraining or a karmic reconnection where we go back into the lineage and um almost as if by having cancer for at least for me, um, that opened some some portals or some old old karmic stuff in the lineage that by my having this experience I was able to you know, uh, have the healing experiences with the guides and such, and then and then from that knowledge go back in and do some really pretty extraordinary karmic healing, like going way, way, way back into um, you know all the peoples that came before me, um, and then of course going into future and seeing who who else needs a hand. You know, coming forward. That's very interesting. Yeah, well, one of the other things you talk about in the book. is is this idea of the feminine energy and it's interesting because your own situation of you know having breast cancer having hysterectomy is like such a feminine process and Mm -hmm. it's interesting that I don't know it's like this surging forward of the feminine energy and yet this is how it Created in your own body as a woman, uh, tell tell me what comes to mind when I say that because I just thought there was something.
1: Yeah, I love the, the the feminine. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. During my during my first diagnosis, I was I'm adopted first of all, and I was mm-hmm. um I was adopted when I was only a month old, um, and I found my birth mother, mm-hmm. and I've done a lot of, of work around the adoption. Um, Energy, And so around my first diagnosis, I was awakening that masculine um, father energy as well, and literally um, merging those feminine masculine energies within me, almost like rebirthing myself into this star child. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's kind of what it felt like. Um, And so that first journey for me was really getting back into myself. Because right, mm-hmm. as, a, as a feminine energy, we give so much, you know, and I was always giving out. And even though a lot of my actions were look, appeared nurturing and loving on the outside, I realized that like, a lot of those actions were cored in a very deep fear.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, great. And- Thank you. <laughs> that's a great thought. I'm sure people are nodding their heads all over who are listening. Like, yeah, yeah, that's right. We seem nice. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah really, you know. Afraid. Let me give you this, but I really want you just to like me, you know? <laughs> or,
2: yeah,
1: exactly. or, or, or let me do this for you because I really just don't want you to die on me, you know? It's like yeah. these it, it, just were primal fears. And living with John, he's given. He, he gets such amazing information about this transition of consciousness. And we hear that you know, we're entering the age of Aquarius. And from the information he's been gifted, it, it, without going into the whole thing, um, we're entering this place where we began our consciousness began 26,000 years ago.
2: It's like the return of the circle, yes, I remember you. It is the
1: return, right. So the first 13,000 years of our evolution, the feminine was predominant because our species needed to survive. We saw the moon, we, we were connected to nature. I mean, it's a very um, uh, intuitive connection. And then in the age of Virgo, when we learned to plant the seed... Um, the the masculine was like, oh, I can plant the seed in Mother Earth versus planting the seed in in woman, and I can create, I can grow. And then we needed to focus on the sun because we had to become more aware of the seasons to ensure the growth of the plants. And and so that's just a piece of it. So then in in Leo, which is directly opposite of Aquarius, the the shift happened. And then so for the next 13,000 years, we were really um, predominantly focused with that masculine external energy and now this feminine is waking up Mm -hmm. and the way I experience it is the feminine for me it wakes and how I see it manifesting that feminine energy that's waking up in people it's almost with the with the memory that's closest to where we are so there's a lot of pain there's a lot of fear there's a lot of abuse there's a lot of angst that this feminine energy has experienced pretty recently in our history, and you pull that all the way back thirteen thousand years, and you it, it makes sense that you know this is a this is a really deep cleansing clearing, awakening the energy so that we can transform it and unify it with the masculine
2: yeah within and, our and within ourselves yeah, well, and I see this um I see this feminine energy even emerging already in um mainstream culture and uh in entertainment. Like I just notice some of the some of the music lyrics or some of the even the the commercials on TV. It's like, wow, there's this consciousness in um mainstream um mainstream information that was not there even a couple of years ago. Really different. It's almost like we're living I was at the gym the other day, just like, you know how you you're on the little machine. And like, I never listen to the TV. I just am sort of looking at the, um, you know, the titles. And it's like, this is a whole different kind of um, advertising. The uh-huh. advertisers are early adopters who have learned like what we really want, and they're tracking into the new consciousness. And then of course, that exposes more and more people to this idea. And we're all sort of lifting up together. Yeah. Um, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna take we're gonna take a listen right now to some of your music. I think we're gonna play the first song, um, Expression, and I'm not sure if we'll play the whole thing or if we'll just play a piece. So um I want everyone before we get started to just kind of um just kind of close your eyes as you listen to this piece as we sometimes do on this show and just allow yourself to relax. And just notice how much your body and your mood and actually everything is going to shift as you begin to listen to this healing music. And uh, we'll we'll take a listen. We're going to listen to Amy Cammie's song or piece, Expression on the Harp. You're listening to Ask Sarah with Sarah Wiseman. And let's go to the song now. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, Sarah with Sarah Wiseman. We were just listening to the piece Expressions by Healing Harpist Amy Cammie, and you can find this album and her work uh, Amy Cammie A-M-Y-C-A-M-I-E dot com. Um, I wanted everyone to kind of close their eyes and take a moment so that you could um, almost like, like, do a little test for yourself of how this music, um, this music especially is really extraordinary in the way it shifts. Um, but there's also, you know, other ambient music, other healing music, um, but how it shifted your vibration so quickly. Even, even we only listened to a very small part of that piece, which was quite a bit longer. Um, but even as we listened to that first piece and even me, who was kind of trying to pay attention, I have some screens I have to look out at when we're on the air. And I actually went into deep trance <laughs> during, <laughs> during that and had to sort of remember to bring myself back. But so, Amy, one, you have this really cool piece in your book where you talk about this idea of um, vibration and um, this idea of the the different kind. I don't want to get too complicated, but this idea of the home frequency, which is this frequency, which is our natural state. That's a term that I really like. Um, Penny Pierce, I'm a really huge fan of Penny Pierce. She uses that term, home frequency, also. Um, there's a couple other ways you talked about it, but uh, different layers of frequency, like a forced resonance occurs when a more powerful uh, resonance uh, arrives and sort of uh, makes the weaker one choose it. And then um, entrainment where we, um, we sort of are able to match different rhythmic patterns. And this was really fascinating to me because one, I think home frequency, I always call it in my own like lang- languaging, I call it the ohm, the O-M frequency. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, the God frequency. And this idea of entrainment, which we also use when we're talking about going into trance, like we use, I, I will use the voice to take people into trance and I will set up the voice with just some breathing. I'll say take a deep breath in through the nose, out through the mouth, and After a few sessions of doing that, by the time people, like in a workshop setting, um, I have entrained them just with the breath to go into this state of deep relaxation. Tell me a little bit about about what you're trying, what, what happens when people hear the music, what happens to their frequency and how almost the harp becomes the frequency that they match, the vibrational matching that happens there.
1: Um, the easiest way to kind of visualize that,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and there's a picture in my book that my son drew when he was eight years old. He said, Mommy, I need to draw you a picture, and you do this fabulous picture. And part okay. of the picture is like a pyramid, and it has colors going across. Um, mm-hmm. just, it's like, and he calls it the rainbow pyramid. Okay. So he, if you can visualize all of those colors as being different frequencies, different thoughts, beliefs, our organs, all of these different vibrational components that we have within our physical structure as a rainbow pyramid, um, I always say, you know, sometimes our colors get squashed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and they get repressed and um, for, for a lot of different reasons, uh, mental, physical, whatever it is. So, so with, music, um, there's a concept called sympathetic vibration, and it's visualized like two tuning forks at the same frequency. You strike one, you put another one right next to it, and it starts to sing. It starts to vibrate. And it's because it, they're the same frequencies, and they're close together. Mm-hmm. So it, it creates this resonant system, and, and we experience sympathetic vibration all the time. The clothes we wear, the people we hang out with, it's all vibrational, and we, we'll we say, oh, that feels good, but really we're sympathetically resonating at that same frequency. Mm-hmm. So for me, music, um, and this is the only way I could explain how the magic mirror did what it did with the women we tested, for me, the music's a highway, and if I'm a clear channel allowing the information and the and the love it's, it's really all about love <laughs> yeah. allow, allow the love to flow through all right then that the frequency sympathetically resonates those colors within the listener or whatever they need that that those frequencies writing on the music will awaken those frequencies within the listener so that as those frequencies mm-hmm. awaken mm-hmm. within the person, they're balancing their own system. You know, they're coming mm-hmm. into a state of 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 peace and balance and healing, whatever word you want to use. Um, but the music's just the highway.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. So. Long ago, I went to this songwriting workshop in with a guy from Nashville. And I think we were doing like lyrics for country songs. You know, it wasn't particularly spiritual or anything. But I remember him saying, you know, we're just twanging on the, the guitars and banjos, you know, like my 18-wheeler and, you know, a dozen roses lyrics kind of thing. But what he said was, um, and I never forgot this. It really stuck with me. It's this this idea of music helps us feel our emotions. Mm -hmm. Like music is, music is pure emotional. It's, it's emotional. It's not intellectual. Um, yeah. And so, and it's, and it's also purely energetic, but as humans, like one of the ideas I talk about a lot is that, you know, we're divine beings. Um, and, but we're also earth beings. And as humans, all of our, all of our growth and processing is through our heart it's through our heart's processing of emotions and so this idea of of allow the awakening is i would also call it just the feeling the music allows us to awaken to that vibration or to feel to feel yeah. the emotion that is awakened by what happens there and then of course that's where people reach in and discover the old wounds and the old blocks yes. and all of the all of the past karma that's
1: yes. holding yes. them
2: back. Yeah. Hey, well can I, I, I saw
1: that's right. Oh, that's sorry.
2: No, no. Go could, ahead.
1: Could I follow that thread just just for one more piece of information for the familiar, the good feelings mm-hmm. that we that awaken when we listen to music. A lot of times, those awaken when we listen to familiar music. What was really cool when we started doing research um, with, with brainwave research is there's two brainwave frequencies. That we want to address when we want to relax. We want to address the beta waves and the alpha waves predominantly. So the beta waves are the cognitive thinking. They're the faster waves uh, when we're awake and conscious um, and the alpha waves kick in a little bit when we like daydream. They're a little bit slower. They help us feel a little more relaxed. When we listen to familiar music, the beta waves are engaged with the memories.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So. When we, when we know we want to feel a certain way and we know a certain piece of music elicits those feelings and emotions, then we can consciously make that choice to listen to that piece of music, mm-hmm. and it will awaken those feelings. If we want to really relax and, and help our brain relax, ideally choosing some music without words because mm-hmm. then the brain isn't engaged. Um, yes. And mantra, I think, does that as well because mantra, the language, if you don't know the language, um so that
2: right. Like mantra might not work if you're, you know, born and raised in India and that's exactly. what you're speaking all day. Like, <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. If you like yeah. singing country songs, you know, for us. Yeah. Um yeah. so and then that idea of entrainment. Um if you really want to relax, be be aware of the type of rhythmic patterns that are in the music because our brain waves are breathing and our heartbeat entrained to that rhythm that's in the music. Mm-hmm. Um so those are just a couple to consider when you want to consciously use music to relax. And granted, mm-hmm. once you listen to something that's unfamiliar at first, it becomes familiar, but your body is responding to the memory of that first initial state of relaxation.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess for me, um, so I, there's a really interesting guy, I'm actually going to do a podcast with him uh, a different time. He, he runs this thing in New York called cycle therapy and so he uses music it's a spinning class he uses music to um he uses a lot of a huge different variety of music but he uses music to take people on a spiritual journey while they're exercising which is really different than you know normally uh spinning and that kind of group exercise is done to like to get you all excited and um adrenalized and, and going into bliss that way. But um I just think it's an interesting way also this idea of like I'm imagining with the harp music that you're doing, the healing music, people are probably aren't moving around a lot because they don't feel good. They're in treatment. Um but also just just the thought is crossing my mind, this idea of um adding, you know, like we do an ecstatic dance. Like if you put harp and then you were dancing to it To bring that even more fully into the whole piece of your body soul experience, I don't know, just something there.
1: That would be very cool. Yeah,
2: Yeah. and you know, when you're sick, of course, when you're you know, that's not always possible, (laughs) you know.
1: Well, and the unique the unique thing about the harp is, as an instrument, it has the ability to sympathetically resonate the full range of the human body.
2: Yeah. So the
1: water really feels the vibrations and the overtones of the harp. Um, And, and ironically, like I am a harp student who actually, sometimes she feels anger when she's behind the harp, and that seems counterintuitive, but she's also very consciously working on getting into some deep repressed emotions, and the, the music is literally, it's like it's sympathetically resonating that color, that repressed color in the rainbow pyramid, and it's waking up, and she's feeling it as anger, um, but we've tried to readjust let's not label it just feel it as a color and Mm -hmm. it's changing but the the harp is helping to facilitate that awakening of those repressed emotions Mm
2: -hmm. yes absolutely i want to have take people into your um next song which is called uh let me i have this right here uh morning star and i want to now people know a little bit about the deep relaxation that's going to come And I want, as we start to play this new song, I'd like people to do um, this idea of just allowing, like you write about in your book, and I also do this in my work a lot. Everybody who's listening is familiar with this way that we sort of observe what color our body seems to be resonating at. And I'd like people to try this as an experiment right now. We're going to play this uh, Morning Star by Amy Cammy in just a moment, and I'd like everyone to just close their eyes and take a deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. So I'm in training all of the listeners who <laughs> know that I do this. We're all going in together. In through the nose and out through the mouth. And as you listen to this music just pay attention to what color begins to emerge in your body's resonance, what color comes to mind, and also noticing if this color is consistent throughout the body or there's different parts that might be differently colored, if the color changes, and also any other information that intuitively pops into your mind that might be a message that the divine is asking you to pay attention to today or is the answer to a longing or a question that you've had in your heart for a while. So we'll go now to Morning Star by Amy Cammy. CD of that music at amycamie, com, And just from my own experience so we were looking to see what color we might go into. And I first noticed my color was green and we're talking about color cuz people on the sh- listening to the show are real familiar with this idea and it was interesting to find it in your books. So similar to uh, kind of the work we do here. Um But first I went into green, and then I immediately went into blue. And then I almost began to have just this magical journey of, like, myself as maybe like a three-year-old, like, playing in the grass with my mother. And then I began to have this same journey with playing, like, in a little park or something with the guides. And then... um Kind of a wave of sentimentality or sadness or missing that. And so that was just very interesting. And then, and then moving into a state of peace around the sadness. So there was an emotional journeying, um, from like awareness to experiencing emotion to a peacefulness or a releasing of any grief or sadness. But, um, I noticed in your book you had this, um, uh, the part about the rainbow pyramid and using the same idea of finding color. And it says, if your color was close to green, ask yourself questions about your physical, emotional energies. If your color was close to red, ask yourself questions about your mental thoughts, yellow, doing, expressing, creating, and then blue, which was where I was. And then of course, and memories and belief, which is so, of course, going into childhood is so clearly a blue color. And I find that interesting because we work with chakra colors, um, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, white. And so I would um, skew those just very slightly differently. But this idea of music as a frequency and then, of course, color as a frequency of light and how they're so intertwined with each other. Do you yeah. do you frequently see? Do you see colors as you are playing the harp? What do you? What journeys do you go on?
1: Um, I don't. Again, I've. I am so embodied within the energy matrix of origins, and those colors really mm-hmm. are the colors of our conscious evolution. Mm-hmm. So. They're like the rainbow of our consciousness with the fire and the red and the orange and the compassion. So I, I resonate with that flow. And I'm actually, um, I really resonate with the, the water, the blue, wind, because that's how a lot of my music comes. My husband travels and is taken into his world, and he describes for me these ancient scenes and rituals and and um, just beautiful mm-hmm. um imagery and then the music wakes up in me so uh-huh, uh-huh. these images wake up the sound within me and then it just flows and expresses through so I'm finding more and more when I do these types of meditations I really just fall into the black I fall into the darkness which uh-huh. for me is that divine feminine womb of all possibilities
2: uh-huh. and-, well, and yeah and also well uh, for example Um, when I write, I think I would say, as I'm doing the act of flow, which is like the playing of the music, um, I fall into the black too. It's like you just go into nothing. Um, but then for the person reading, they might have, or the person listening, they might have the journeying. Um, it's interesting. Perhaps in doing, we don't have the same experience. In creating, we don't have the same experience as in receiving little bit different, uh-huh. um, yeah, yeah. Because I know, um, or or also, we're all we're all created differently. I had one actually. This is interesting. I had this letter from this one person. I was going to try and answer today. Um, hold on. I got to f- make sure I have the right one. Um, yeah. Here, so this person uh, writes. I'm just going to call her um, uh, Teresa. Um, my mind is nothing but blackness. And she's talking more about meditation a, a bit. I've tried so many methods to clear my mind, to see images and still nothing. Can you offer me any advice besides, this is funny, deep breathing meditation chakra opening <laughs> that mm-hmm. might help me to relax. It's like, well, go listen to some harp music. <laughs> How about that? But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but I think that idea of... of uh you know, a lot of people find this journeying or these imageries, again when they're in moving meditation, and I, I don't know why I keep bringing this up. I just have the feeling that somebody in the show is like needing to hear that part or um, having well, that come for them. Go ahead.
1: When when we first started, when I first met John, we've been married for twenty five. twenty We've been together for twenty five years. Um, mm-hmm. I was like a kid in a candy store. So here he is. I never um heard anything about energy, guides traveling. I and we had all of these people coming into our homes and I'm like, oh, do this and do that. I was like a kid in a candy store and I was so frustrated because every time I would close my eyes I would see black. I mm-hmm. wouldn't hear I wouldn't hear anything. I wouldn't see anything. I wouldn't feel anything. I'm like, oh man, what's wrong with me? And, mm-hmm. you know, I've just kind of grown into that Inner knowing. I've, I've got the answers. I just have to listen. And for me, that intuitive connection is like that instant knowing. You know, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily see color, but I get the essence of the energy, and, and I'll know intuitively what it is. But I don't have. To, I don't literally see it. Mm-hmm. So um, everybody has these their own unique way of connection, and so.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I well, I think it's really important that um, I mean, obviously, you're so um, audio or, or musically oriented. That's that's very different, um, y- you know, all the ways that we access frequency and that we access information. And if we were all doing it the same. Uh, that would be a bit boring and would not be expanded enough to give us the full methods of, you know, hearing what other people doing and learning how to share what we're doing. So uh, yeah, some people move in their bodies more. Some people are more visual. So yeah, that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, as you go through, so you're sort of in the midst of recovering from, I mean, you've recovered from surgery, but still it's, as I know from my surgery, which was a little bit before you, it's like it's not it's not totally done there. <laughs> there's some yeah. there's some scar tissue, let's put it that <laughs> way. Yeah, yeah. actually,
1: I, I I do. I I um, but I'm actually really I feel really good, and and I am taking tamoxifen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's my course of treatment right now. Uh, but I I really feel like I need to mention this one thing about chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. Because if there's anybody listening out there, that was a huge belief, perception, uh, unification that I had to come into within myself because I literally played harp in chemotherapy units in almost every hospital in St. Louis. And I would think to myself, how can they stand there or let that poison come into their body? I mean, my judgments about chemotherapy were were pretty intense and I didn't really realize that until Mm -hmm. I was faced with the choice. So a friend of mine reminded me that the word sacrifice means to make Mm -hmm. sacred, and Mm -hmm. I knew I was on a sacred journey to love, to connect to my love for myself, you know, back inside. So I was able to visualize all of those cells, the healthy cells that were sacrificing themselves for me I allowed, it was so, it was so sacred because then the new cells that were rebirthing were coming into a body that was more aligned to love. Yes. That's so, it it really.
2: Yeah. I think that's so beautiful. What you've just said about sacrifice and sacred I had, um, and we're going to wrap up the show in just a second, just so we know that we don't have too much longer, but um, in my second surgery, that was a sacrifice. Definitely. And, so it's interesting, of course, as we are transforming. So much of the old is sacrificed or left behind as we step into the new. And I think that is a beautiful and amazing way for people who are in treatment um, or who are, you know, recovering from surgery or whatever it is they're doing. And you know, we're not always going to have can- cancer in our in our lives. Uh, you know, this is just where we are now in terms of our ability to move forward Uh, there's going to be a time when this doesn't exist but right now we're learning we're learning as we grow through it as a species and as a collective and a lot of pretty amazing miraculous things are happening well Amy I want to thank you so much for being on the show Um, you guys can find uh, her work Amy Cammie A M Y C M, C A A M Y C A M I E dot com she's got a beautiful book Beautiful music, a whole origin system, uh, highly advised. Just fantastic, very interesting process. Anyway, just I wanted to just thank you for being here and for sharing everything with us today, and for sharing your beautiful music. So thank, thank you. you. Yeah, I wanted to remind, Yeah, I wanted to remind folks: uh, Portland uh, Intuitive Healing Workshop and Medical Intuition Workshop. Uh, July twenty seventh, New Renaissance Books. I will be there. Uh, you get a free copy of the book, Intuition, Cancer, and Miracles, um, as part of the registration fee. So go to New Ren Books, uh, new N E W R E N Books.com and you can register online. And next week, I believe we have Acutonics with Nancy Crowell, another look at sound therapy and sound healing um using um tuning forks on the body very very interesting work thanks everybody have a wonderful grand trine celebration as we sparkle in bliss and energy you've been listening to ask sarah with sarah wiseman and we will see you next friday 11 a.m pacific 2 p.m eastern thanks for listening Want more of Ask Sarah with Sarah Wiseman? Tune in every Friday for more amazing teachings on intuition, spirituality, and you. Want to contact Sarah direct? Visit www.sarawiseman.com.